Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. And welcome on into another edition of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Schusterman, joined as always by Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Folks, spring training is here. Jonathan, I, I heard that you are uh, reporting to camp soon, I guess. Pitchers and catchers reported. We've had our full squad workouts and now uh, MLB Pipeline reporters are reporting tomorrow, I hear. You're heading down to Florida soon? Yeah, I head down tomorrow, and then first camp is Friday, which I think requires a little more energy. Jordan, you sounded like a host of an NPR show there. <laughs> Let's pick up the energy, please. Jim and I are very tired. All right, well, this is uh, you know a little behind the curtains. It's a little bit a little earlier than we normally record this podcast during the day, but that's okay. We can bring the energy. Spring training is here. Jim, are you excited to report to camp? I don't know when you're headed to Arizona, but are you excited to report to spring training? Yeah, we're actually going to Florida first this year, and I actually don't go till March 1st, and I will be very excited, not just because I like spring training, and it'll be a lot warmer than the 19 degrees it is currently here in suburban Chicago, but also because by March 1st, I will definitely be done with writing all of my top 30 prospects lists. So I will, it, it will be thrilling for several reasons. Unfortunately, we are not talking top 30s here today as you have to continue uh, chugging along here, but we are going to talk about spring training. We're going to talk about some of the guys you are uh, excited to talk to, excited to see play. Obviously, uh, games are starting here at the end of the week, which means we'll actually get to see some of these guys on TV. Let's start with your trips. Um, uh, Jonathan, you're going first. I don't know how many of the camps you're going to be hitting uh, in Florida. But who are some of the guys you're most excited to talk to? I am hitting the East Coast of Florida uh, for five camps. The best thing about that now is that you can stay in one one hotel the whole time. As you know, Florida can be tough because you have to jump around. Uh, so we're talking Nats, Astros, Mets, Marlins, and Cardinals. Marlins camp is the most interesting right now. Uh, I think in terms of prospects in big league camp, you know, it's early. This first trip is always, you know, there's not a lot going on on the backfields. There are no games yet. So it's who's in big league camping. You know, the Marlins, their system obviously is so vastly improved from all the trades and the high draft picks. I'm, I'm excited to go talk to J.J. Bladé, their, their draft pick. I always like catching up with the draft picks from the previous year, especially if it's an advanced college guy, because uh, I think he's a guy who could make a, a really good first impression and move pretty quickly, given how advanced his bat is. You know, Cardinals camp is my last stop. Uh, and I think any chance you have to to catch a little Dylan Carlson is a good day. So, and that's not to short shrift any of the other organizations. You know, obviously the Nats camp, Carter Keboom's got a, every chance to 
to be the opening day third baseman on that team. So, you know, that's fun. But I think the sort of plethora of prospects that will be in Marlins camp uh, should be fun, especially when you compare it to in the past. That was a tough camp to go to just because there wasn't necessarily a lot to talk about or a lot of optimism in terms of the farm system. And that and that obviously has changed over the last couple of years. Well, day is a really interesting one for sure. Uh, always good to see the the college guys that immediately get the invite to camp. Um, and I think Carlson too. I mean, the Cardinals with all their weird moves this offseason, you know, shuffling all the outfielders around, it seems like they kind of want to give him a job sooner rather than later. So maybe opening day is a little bit aggressive, but I, I am also excited to hear uh, from, from Mr. Carlson. Jim, look ahead to Arizona or, or your Florida trip, uh, but any, any camp stand out to you that you're looking forward to? Well, let's do them both. Let's do Florida, then we'll then we'll go back and do Arizona. And I, I just I'm gonna question Jonathan's honesty because I know he's really excited about talking to Tim Tebow when he's in Mets camp. Oh yes, prospect. He's a prospect, and he's in camp. So I don't know how he overlooked that. But um, anyway, for for my my uh, Florida swing, and and Jonathan does have the good hotel. You know, you can kind of set up base. I, I'm not too bad because I'm kind of in that that Clearwater. Dunedin area. I'm in the Tampa area, so I could have almost done two hotels for five days, except I decided this is going to sound silly. I would have to do like go 60 miles out of my way to avoid tolls or get an eye pass. So I'm staying in three hotels, but that's me. But um, no, the, the guy who I'm most excited to see, and I hope he's there when I'm in there the first week of March, I'd love to watch Jason Dominguez take batting practice for the Yankees. And it's funny because every time I talk about Jason Dominguez, whether it's on our podcast or on various radio shows, I, I always, you know, basically make the, the conflicting viewpoints that this guy is so crazy good and there's so much hype on him that it's not fair, you know, that he gets compared to guys like baseball athletes like Mike Trout and Bo Jackson and Mickey Mantle. And then, of course, I admit that, like, I write all those things, too, because I've heard them as well. I've just never heard an international guy talked about like this before he's played pro ball ever. I mean, if you wanted to be like a, a liberal grader, you could probably go 65s or better on all his tools. You can dream that that way if you wanted. The guy has a high baseball IQ to go with all his tools, and he could probably play anywhere. I mean, there, there were teams that worked him out as a catcher, as an amateur. Now, I, I like what the Yankees are doing. This guy's offensive potential is so good. They want to make the most of it, so they're going to put him in the outfield when there's a lot less wear and tear. Yeah, and I, I would think he might be there. I'm hoping I get to see him. One guy who I do know I will get to see, and, and I've seen play in the past, but, you know, I can't complain about seeing Adley Rutschman either. I, I get the best guy in last year's international crop and, and the, hopefully and the best guy in the draft and Adley Rutschman, who a year from now we could be talking about as the best prospect in baseball, perhaps. I, I've used this comparison before ever since I got it from a scouting director. But, I mean, even if you weren't a catcher, the offensive package reminds you of Mark Teixeira. And then you're talking Mark Teixeira, who's a potential gold glove defender behind the plate. So I, I'm excited about seeing both those guys. I hope Dominguez is in camp, and I know I'll get to see Adley Rutschman. And that's another guy who obviously just drafted last year, already thrown right into big league camp. It feels like there's a discussion, oh, Adley going to be with the Orioles this year. That would make so little sense on so many levels. But I mean, maybe. I mean, who knows? He didn't you know, tear up the minors in his brief pro ball stint last year, but I have no reason to expect him not to, honestly, wherever he goes uh, to start this year. Uh, all right, Jonathan, I want to hop over to Arizona now. I, you're going to Arizona too, right? Yes. We, uh, the three of us, Mike, Jim, and I are splitting it completely evenly. I will be in Arizona for Royals, Rockies, Padres, Giants, and Diamondbacks. So, I mean, if I'm going to pick some, uh, obviously the Padres system is ridiculous still. 
Uh, so you can pick anybody from there. But I'm going to say that I want to see Marco Luciano with the Giants. One of those guys that we, you know, we've we've run up the list. We've sort of circled him as a guy who maybe we underranked and could be right at the very top of our top 100 at, at this time next year. I've never seen him play. So it'll be fun to lay eyes on him a little bit and see what kind of, you know, what strength gains he's made and what he looks like on the field. You know, sort of like, and I'm not saying he's the same player, but I remember going to Padres camp right before Fernando Tatis like really blew up. Uh, I mean, everyone was already talking about him, but it was, again, I hadn't seen him. So uh, I think uh, people are talking about Luciano and in similarly hushed tones in terms of the excitement about him. So I think Giants camp should be fun, both with him and Joey Bart too, you know, didn't really get a look at in the folly because he got hurt. So be, that should be a lot of fun. I'm kind of jealous. I was just going to say, Jonathan, you get the whole – Arizona League shortstop reunion tour because you not only get to see Marco Luciano, you theoretically can see Bobby Wood Jr. and C.J. Abram. You, you you get you know three of the the best shortstop prospects in baseball in four days. Very 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 nice. Although Jim, if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like are you going to be the one going to Mariners camp or is that going to be Mike? No, it is me going to Mariners camp. Although I'm going to disappoint you because yes, it will be exciting to watch Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick. Again, but like I saw them in the fall league, you know, I've seen them before. So I guess I look at this and, I, and I've seen Natalie Rutschman. So, I mean, I'm, I usually look at this as guys like, like Jonathan was just saying, like that I've never got to see before. I mean, we, we've seen Bobby Witt Jr. and C.J. Abrams, you know, as amateurs. I, I don't think there's any way you would guess who I'm going to say. And I won't try to make you guess, but the guy who I'm most excited about seeing is in Rangers camp. Hold on, wait. Jonathan, do you do you want to try? Do you, do you want to try to guess? Hans Krause. No, no. Hans Krause is a great guess. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Well, actually, I'm gonna go with the the other huge international guy they signed last year, Bayron Laura. You're close. You're very close. But the best international guy they signed last year was not the guy who got 3.9 million. Who's good? Bayron Laura is good and might have the biggest power potential in last year's class. And I am excited to see him too. Gigantic. He's like the largest 16-year-old ever. But Max- Maximo Acosta, even though he signed for $1.65 million, which just goes to speak to the vagaries of the international signing process, is better. I- I- I've heard so much acclaim of him. People inside and outside the organization compare him to Glaber Torres. Like He sounds exactly like Glaber Torres was at that age. Just a super advanced hitter, you know, potential 2020 guy, can play shortstop, you know, huge baseball IQ. Great makeup. People just swear by this guy and think in a couple of years he'll be one of the top 10 prospects in the game potentially. And, and like, you know, we, we say this all the time, or at least I do. You know, Jonathan and I don't do a ton of international stuff until the guys are in organizations. And, you know, Jesse Sanchez is our, our international guru. So we don't talk to scouts about these guys. We don't get excited about these guys necessarily the same way we do about draft guys when you keep hearing guys get talked up. And so it was kind of – Surprising to me, like from what you just said, Jordan, like I would have thought, okay, Bayron Laura, who who the, who they do like and people like, you know, is the guy. And everybody's like, no, 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 Maximo Acosta. Like this guy's really, really special. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing Maximo Acosta. I get the last leg. I get the, uh, I get to cross the tape of our spring training coverage. That will be March 19th. So he, he almost assuredly will be in surprise. 
Okay, wow. We're going way like deep into these systems uh, with these calls, which I, I appreciate. And I think it does make a lot of sense in terms of uh, wanting to see guys uh, that you that you, you've never you never seen before. Uh, one more note on a guy that uh, I guess this is a good transition to, to the next part of this spring training conversation is dudes who are actually, you know, competing for big league spots because, you know, talking about Luciano, Dominguez and, and Acosta, these dudes are at least a couple years away and not necessarily in major league camp um but there is an article which i know you guys didn't uh, put together but it, it does involve prospects uh, uh, on pipeline right now which is one guy to watch in each big league camp and a lot of these are you know the top prospects in baseball who we are expecting to see in the big leagues this year which is what makes it interesting some of these guys are already competing for jobs or are expected to have jobs we've already seen them in the big leagues of course we've seen gavin lux already uh we've seen even a guy like sam hilliard has some big league time nico horner uh, Mitch Keller, another one. Um, but just taking a look at this list uh, of players uh, in big league camp and competing, I'm curious which of uh, these guys you're excited to see uh, compete. Maybe a guy that hasn't made the big leagues yet that we could see as soon as April or May. Uh, Jonathan, is there anyone uh, on this list that stands out to you? I will start actually by saying Mitch Keller. I know we saw last year to take the, the Pittsburgh bias away from you here, but I, I'm really high on Mitch Keller this year, and I'm, I'm excited to see him compete for a rotation spot. Uh, but is there anyone that stands out to you? I wasn't going to pick Mitch Keller because you set the parameters that we hadn't been in the big leagues and then you contradicted yourself. Yes. No, I know. I know. I, well, I could pick one that's also not been in the big leagues and say, you know what? I'll say this because like, I'll mention this earlier, although I'm not sure he'll make the opening day roster. Mackenzie Gore looks very good in the, in the new uh, brown and yellow that the Padres are bringing back. He would look good in any, whatever uniform. I guess like I could pick a guy that I'm going to see in camp, but I think what I'm going to say actually is I'm going to go to Blue Jays camp and pick Nate Pearson from this list just because, you know, he's kind of fascinating. You know, he throws a hundred. Uh, I think there are a lot, some people who thought that he was going to be a reliever, but he made so many gains last year and throws more than enough strikes with his ridiculous stuff that I think he's got a chance to be a frontline starter. And I don't think that he is going to need much time to, to make it to the big league. So like, I think I could see him making a very good impression in big league camp as he gets ready for this season, starting the year in triple a, and then, you know, getting a, getting a call up at some point early ish in, in the big league season. And I just think his stuff is so, so ridiculous that it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch him face big league hitters uh, when, when he gets the ball this spring. Yeah. And, and Jim, before we go to you, just on Pearson, I think he's in a really interesting spot because, you know, the Blue Jays, they have all these famous young hitters, Vlad Jr., Bichette, Biggio, and they just signed Ryu, which was kind of a surprise offseason move. But I think for their next step of, of development as, a, as an organization, they need like a dude like Pearson. I mean, he might be one of their best five starters right now. I mean, he already had three starts in AAA last year. So, yeah, I, I agree with that call, Jonathan. I mean, he I don't see why he couldn't be up uh, pretty quickly. I guess no one's expecting them to necessarily contend in the AL East this year, um, but he, he'll, he should be ready. I don't really see why not. Uh, Jim, any, any thoughts on Pearson before you, you pick a guy? No, I mean, I, I'd second all that. They, and they're kind of in a weird spot where I could see those young hitters taking a step forward and, and you know, they, they added you and, you know, their pitching seems a little shaky, but, you know, maybe they could contend for wild card spots. You're kind of stuck in between the old service time considerations and then actually trying to win. My guess is he probably doesn't make the opening day rotation. I mean, they've got some options. And, and I was thinking along the same lines – of a team that, that is expected to contend. I'm more, I'm really interested to see not just in camp, 
what happens with Forrest Whitley this year? You know, like the old show, you know, will the real Forrest Whitley please stand up? Like, like, who is this guy? Is he the guy who can show you, you know, five different pitches that could be plus or better, you know, and, and got to double A, you know, his first year out of high school? Or is he the guy who, you know, he's pitched 86 innings the last two years in the minors. You know, he, he's been suspended for violating the drug program. He had minor oblique and lat injuries. He had shoulder inflammation. His command disintegrated last year. You know, he, he's come back both times and led the Arizona Fall League in strikeouts. But, like, who is this guy? Is this a guy who a year ago this time was, was clearly the best pitching prospect in baseball? Or is it the guy who had a 7.99 ERA in the minors last year? And, you know, for the Astros being a contender, there's rotation opportunity, you know, right there. I, I know they're counting, I think, right now on Lance McCullers Jr. to be in the number three spot. Well, you know, he didn't pitch last year. Like, is he really going to be, you know, come back full strength right away? You know, Jose Urquidy. You know, had the big World Series outing, you know, great command, kind of fringy stuff. You know, he's kind of solidly penciled in the rotation right now. And, you know, I mean, obviously he opened some eyes last year, but, but a year ago this time, I don't think anybody knew who Jose Arquiti was. And now he's supposed to be in the, you know, opening day rotation. And I think their fifth starter is wide open. So I don't think he'll necessarily make the opening day roster. But, I mean, on talent, you know, it, it's certainly in there. And, and I saw Brian McTaggart had a story on our site where he feels, you know, forced his career really kind of took off his senior year in high school when he lost a bunch of weight. I remember seeing him at the Under Armour game as a rising senior. And I think, for, I don't know if you were at that one, Jonathan. Um, maybe, maybe not, but like Forrest Whitley weighed probably about 250 pounds. I mean, he was maybe doughy might be the right word. He was, he was definitely not trim. We'll say that. And he lost a ton of weight and his stuff took off and he kind of became the forced Whitley, you know, that, that we all like. And so he taught, he talked about, I guess, when he got to camp um, the other day to Brian McTaggart for us and other reporters about how he feels like he maybe had taken it too far and that, you know, he's, he's tried to, you know, come into the season with a little bit more weight this year so that he can hold up better during the year. If you told me that, Forrest Whitley was rookie of the year and or, you know, contributing to the Astros winning a World Series. I could see that. And then based on the last two years, if you told me he pitched about 60 innings for whatever reason and, and got stuck in the minors, that would be kind of what he's done the last two years. So I, I'm really interested to see what happens with Forrest Whitley in camp and throughout the course of the year. Yeah, and I'm sure that will be the only thing they're talking about at Astros camp. So I'm glad that there's more focus on that. But I totally agree uh, with you, Jim. Maybe uh, Forrest Whitley can, you know, no one's going to question his methods. You know, he's just going up there and throwing hard. Let's, let's double back here uh, and pick some hitters. Uh, I have one, but I don't want to steal it from you guys. So we'll see if either of you uh, pick the hitter that I'm thinking of, as we have just uh, touched on some of these pitchers. And I will say, too, if there's a guy that sticks out to you that's not necessarily on this list, uh, on this piece, you can pick it. Uh, Jonathan, is there is there a hitter that, that stands out to you you're excited to, to watch or see how, how he does in camp this year? Yeah, I mean, there obviously there are plenty. They're great. I'm going to cherry pick from close to the top of our list and sort of in back of Jim talking about, like, well, which Forrest Whitley are we going to see? Uh, I want to find out which Royce Lewis we're going to see. Yeah, really going out on a limb, taking number nine on our top 100. But this is a guy who, obviously, the former number one overall pick, uh, tremendous tools, great baseball IQ, off-the-charts makeup, and just had, like, a bad 2019 uh, in the minors. His timing was off. You know, he, he uses uh, a very pronounced leg kick, and so and, and that got away from him. And they took it away from him for a little while, then he brought it back. And then in the fall league, he was really, really good. 
you know, was the MVP of the league. Was a guy who I felt like every time I saw him hit the ball hard. I think a lot of people are sort of thinking, oh, well, you know, he's going to get his timing back by shortening that leg kick. If anything, it felt like, Jim, you saw him in the fall. I felt like his leg kick was more pronounced, um, but it was on time. And so, it, like, very curious to see what happens with him because he's always had offensive tools. His approach at the plate hasn't always been great. So I think he needs to keep working on, you know, his, his plate discipline and pitch selection and things like that, but also defensively. Uh, you know, he can play short. But he started moving around the field a little bit more, including going out to center field in the fall again, looking like he'd been playing there his entire life. Um, now, he's not going to replace Byron Buxton uh, as a center fielder. But I, I wonder if his first route to the big leagues is as a guy who, who moves around a little bit, which is sort of a weird path for a guy who's a number one overall pick. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they progress with him. They, they do plan to have him keep moving around the field that doesn't seem to to bother him in terms of what he does offensively. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be a, an interesting guy to, to watch in, in camp and into the start of the, of the 2020 season. This is a guy who you know has zero chance of being on, on an opening day roster. So he's getting ready for, for the upper levels of the minors, but you know, if things continue to click for him, this is a guy who could be in the big leagues at some point this season. Yeah, I think that's a good call, especially with, I mean, Minnesota is obviously, a, a, they're, they're going for it right now, and we know he's not going to be playing any third base with the with the signing of Josh Donaldson. But, uh, you know, you, you say Buxton, you can't replace Buxton, but Buxton hasn't really stayed on the field himself. So uh, we got to see him stay healthy uh, before we, we hand him that job. But uh, but I agree. I think Lewis is a very interesting one, especially after his big fall league. Uh, all right, Jim, who do, who do you got here? Well, I'm going to go even higher up the prospect list. Oh, are you going for Mr. Adele, or are we we going somewhere else? I am going to go for Mr. Adele, whose offseason was interesting because if, you know, we talked about this on the podcast last week, if Artie Moreno doesn't pull the plug on the Jock Peterson deal last week, uh, Joe Adele doesn't have a really great, you know, clear path to much playing time. I know Brian Goodwin had a good year. Last year for the Angels, um, I mean, I think Odell's clearly got the higher ceiling, brings a lot more to the table than, than Brian Goodwin. I, I'm not sure if Goodwin can really duplicate what he did last year. Um, we'll see. You have an Angels team that, you know, I, I, you know, for all the money they spend, I think has designs on, you know, contending this year. It's Billy Epler, the GM's last year under contract, so... I'm going to assume that Billy Epler doesn't want to go 72 and 90 again. You know, they're all in, I think, to try to win this year. And so you theoretically want the best players, you know, on the field. And, you know, Adele is one of the very best in the minor leagues. You know, tremendous power, tremendous athlete, um, has played very well in the minors, some injuries last year. But, but other than that, I mean, he's pretty much hit everywhere he's been. Um, you know, I, I think he's ready for his close-up. I mean, I could easily see Joe Adele in the big leagues as a rookie having a a 2020 season or, or maybe even more than that if he got to play, you know, regularly pretty early, but I'll, I'll be very curious to see how Joe Adele performs. And, you know, and when I say performs spring training performance really shouldn't matter a whole lot in my mind. I mean, you're, you're facing such a wide variety of quality of pitching. You really have to parse the stats to, to, to read much into them to me, unless Joe Adele fell flat in his face. If I'm Joe Madden and Billy Epler, I would like Joe Adele to be in my opening day lineup. Um, and I think he's, I think he's ready to handle that. I think that's a Artie Moreno actually is just a huge Joe Adele fan. That's why he pulled the plug on that train. There you go. 
But then he didn't want to tell anybody about it either. So he didn't want to explain that. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good pick. And I mean, obviously everyone wants to, wants no offense to Brian Goodwin, but people want to see Joe Adele uh, more than Brian Goodwin or Jock Peterson. <clears throat> no offense to Jock Peterson. Uh, so I think that's a good pick. Uh, the one more I'll, I'll throw out before we leave is a guy that I've talked about how much I like him many times. Um, but I do think he's in an interesting spot in terms of uh, where he's at going into the season. And that's Dalton Varsho. Uh, the D-backs catcher, just because um, he was one of the best hitters uh, in double-A last year in the Southern League. And so we, we can assume pretty comfortably he's going to go to triple-A. The D-backs have a good young catcher in Carson Kelly. They just signed Steven Vogt. They do the Starling Marte trade. They're trying to win. But we know how triple-A, not just the, the baseball, but he's going to go to Reno and put up on 1,000 OPS, like for sure. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see how quickly we see Dalton Varsho in the big leagues. I know he's moved around. He played some center field uh, at the end of last season, which seems crazy for a catcher, but that's the kind of athlete he is. Um, obviously, he won't be playing center with Starling Marte there, um, but I would, I'm really curious to see if he's another guy, uh, kind of like Royce Lewis, that's going to end up having to move around from his normal position uh, to get playing time in the big leagues because uh, I, I just love that dude and I would love to see him uh, in the show. Uh, all right. Uh, I think, uh, I think we're good. Uh, Jonathan, uh, please safe travels to, 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 to Florida and, uh, uh, and, and back. back wish him safe travels on those return. Also the round trip hopes. Thank you, Jim. Yes. Yes. Uh, up and down, uh, up and down the coast of Florida on, on both sides, uh, for Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. I am your host, George Justerman, and we'll talk to you guys soon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.